it is unfortunate that humans usually resist to change. But we must admit, you know, as well, that crisis drive change, you know. So the new normal is the new mindset. The new normal is embracing the new realities that life throws at us and get along with it. He was born in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, has traveled a lot for business, studies, and fun. He's a lawyer by profession, a policy designer, entrepreneur, and he currently lives in Kampala, the capital city of Uganda. This Paris Talks podcast episode features Bernard Mohindo. Bernard was on Christmas holidays in France with his family when he first heard of the coronavirus, but just like many of the guests we've featured on this podcast, he thought this was just another one of those diseases that come and go. A few weeks after returning home, Bernard found himself locked down in Kampala, homeschooling, and doing basically everything at home until his wife managed to catch the next available flight from Kinshasa where she was on a business trip. In this episode, Bernard raises tough questions related to our crisis management policies and communication crisis management. If we were to start a new normal, what and how should it be? That's the question we're asking Bernard today. For Bernard, the new normal is the deliberate mindset shift or a collective consciousness. It's simply the acceptance that life is dynamic and we need to adapt to our new lifestyle. Welcome to the Paris Talks podcast. The second season of the Paris Talks podcast is trying to understand the past COVID-19's new normal through inspiring stories and testimonies from innovators, community influencers, and policy designers. My name is uh, Bernard Mohindo. Uh, I'm a lawyer by profession. I'm also um, an IT engineer, um, though today I can say uh, uh, I'm a businessman, I'm an entrepreneur. I have a passion for justice and fairness, but what motivates me is to do something uh, that contributes to human development and uh, uh, create a social impact, you know, not only in the community where I live, but also globally. Um, I was born in the city of Kananga. This is in the province of Kasai in the Democratic Republic of Congo. This area was formerly known as Luluabur or the Kasai Occidental. Today is called something else. I, be, I think it's uh, Kasai Central or Lulua. Um, politicians are confused with territorial division. <laughs> they, they think territorial division can drive development. I find it a big joke. I currently live in Kampala in Uganda, though I have a home in Kinshasa as well, just to keep in touch with my home base. I've been moving from place to place and I travel a lot. However, 
There are some memorable places I can mention, including uh, Uvira, this is in the Democratic Republic of Congo, uh, Kigoma in Tanzania. I will not delve into details lest I, uh, I get uh, emotional. You know. What life um, has taught me, I have learned a lot, you know, but the main thing is diversity and culture tolerance. Moving places has taught me to understand people as, as consumers, I have a better appreciation of people, market opportunities, market dynamics. Sometimes I find it hard to define where I belong, considering that I have no issues or barriers to people or places. I easily fit everywhere. I have not been uh, to Tibet. Hopefully one day I will uh, visit the place and climb Mount Everest. But uh, it is a privilege for me, you know, to speak many languages. It helps me to understand different cultures. And to fit in different communities. Les scientifiques lui ont trouvé un nom de code, 2019-NCOV, un mystérieux virus à l'origine d'une épidémie en Chine qui inquiète le monde entier. S'agit-il d'un virus connu Non, le virus est inédit. C'est une série de cas de pneumonie d'origine inconnue qui a alerté les autorités chinoises. Ce virus présente des ressemblances avec le SRAS, le syndrome respiratoire aigu sévère, Apparu en 2002, il avait fait près de 800 morts. En France, 7 cas avaient été identifiés, dont un mortel. If I recall well, I, it was back in December 2019. I was on holiday in France with my family. Um, I didn't, it did not sound alarming at that time, you know, and um, it did not look like it was going to become a global pandemic with a devastating impact to the extent of what we have seen. So I was, uh, I was in France, to be precise, you know, when, uh, when I heard about the coronavirus the first time. During uh, all my lifetime, I've not heard anything like lockdown. You know, it was like a, a new stuff, you know. So I did not pay so much attention to the COVID news. I returned home after my holiday. Then I flew to Kinshasa for some business meetings. I had no clue countries or let's say the world was going to shut down. Suddenly countries started uh, imposing lockdown one after the other. Uh, lucky enough for me, I was in uh, Kampala. I was home with my, my family, although my wife was away. Uh, honestly, I did not know what to expect. You know, we're hearing like in Europe, people are buying toilet papers and stuff like that. You know, I rarely watch TV. You know, I don't watch news on TV. I prefer to read online and uh, hear opinions from friends and experts. So uh, I did not anticipate any COVID-19 related crisis, leave alone the crisis of this magnitude. I thought it was going to last like two or three months and we get back to normal. I was totally wrong. You know, coronavirus pandemic has turned out to be, you know, the groundbreaking event of my life. I had never experienced anything of sort before. It changed my perceptions of um, many things uh, on many fronts, but uh, I appreciated one thing. It slowed me down and gave me a break. Empty streets have become the new normal during the COVID-19 pandemic. Thousands laid off or furloughed, stores shut down, public gatherings banned, travel restrictions and physical distancing imposed, as a third of the world practices some form of a lockdown to slow down the spread of COVID-19. And all of this is having an impact on our global economy, 
Industries like airlines, import-export companies, tourism, retailers, events, restaurants and many other non-essential services have been hit, some harder than others. The United Nations says we may see a $2 trillion shortfall in our global income and a $220 billion hit to developing countries, excluding China, because of COVID-19. I wouldn't say I'm a very important guy, but somehow I always find myself in the middle of important things. So I always have projects, you know, I had uh, some and I still have many projects running to date. All of them were affected greatly, but some were more affected than the others, especially those projects that, uh, you know, required my presence and movement of people. Some projects that were still in the pipeline died. The parties had agreed to meet, then the coronavirus pandemic happened. Meetings were cancelled because of travel restrictions. In this part of the world, you know, I mean, uh, in Africa, it is not obvious to work, you know, um, online or in the network uh, remotely through video conference. It's not easy. Now it is possible, you know, many organizations have joined the tech wave to work remotely. It was not the case when the lockdown was imposed. To mention but uh, just one project, I was working on the digitization of uh, records to improve the national legal system in uh, some country in Africa, you know, in order to promote the rule of law, you know, to improve the administration of justice and to help the government fight corruption and uh, possibly increase revenue collection. You know, it went on standstill and uh, until today, we don't, we don't even know if it will pick up or if it will die completely, but we're trying. Social distancing, the world economy, a standstill, a rising global death toll. None of it is normal. There's no way to come out of this normal, at least not having something affecting your psyche. Some of us are bored, tired, grateful, productive, paranoid, inspired, or just plain done with it. The COVID-19 virus is not only attacking our physical health, it is also increasing psychological suffering. And while we worry about keeping the virus away and staying physically fit, how do we protect our mental health too? It was fun to be at home with the family, but then it started getting busy with all the kids at home. You know, we could not drive out. We had to walk to, to the grocery you know, or ride bicycle to the mall. It was strange, you know. Slowly, you know, I started feeling the weight of the lockdown. Everything became abnormal. You know, you cannot imagine, you know, that you cannot meet friends, you cannot go to the office. Even when you, you get a chance to go to the office, you find it was empty, you know. There was no life. In addition to the lockdown, the government declared the curfew from 7 to 6.30 in the morning you know, like 7 p.m. to 6.30 in the morning in my area, you know, in Kampala. So there was no nightlife. There was no dinner, no after work, drink with buddies. Everything just died. <laughs> Even school closed. Then kids started uh, studying at home, you know, like uh, homeschooling. And uh, as a parent, my wife and I became teachers. You know, we have uh, five kids, so we shared tasks and responsibilities. She took the little ones and I took the big ones. You know, it was not easy, I tell you. I thought before in my life, but this time, you know, it was a completely different uh, challenge, you know. I realized it is, it is much easier to teach at school and teach other people's kids 
than to teach your own kids. For me, it was a completely different challenge, new challenge. And uh, sometimes I joke about it, uh, you know, like, uh, how can these kids understand this basic stuff like, you know, <laughs> arithmetic, geometry and stuff like that, you know. And I didn't have the patience, you know, to, you know, to get them uh, to understand all the basic principles. One big lesson I believe everyone should learn from this uh, lockdown and the COVID-19 pandemic in general is the rapid innovation. Whether you understand it from professional management, leadership, or just family standpoint, you know, solving problems, you know, during a crisis demands speeding up innovation by repurposing the knowledge, resources, and technology you already have at hand. It can go as far as change of mindset. So the one sanity habit I would say I built and um, I would stick to it is resilience and mental strength. Everything becomes very fragile during the crisis. The social support we often have and lean on is no longer available. The question is then, how do you go about life without it? Africa has reached a crucial moment in its fight against coronavirus. It's taken coronavirus longer to reach Africa than other parts of the world. But authorities in several countries have already sprung into action. And strict measures are in place in many countries, including Rwanda, Kenya and the Democratic Republic of Congo. It seems that the continent has learned lessons from other parts of the world and from dealing with its own crisis with Ebola in 2014. The World Health Organization has also pointed to Africa's young population as a source of hope. The median age of 19.4 could translate to fewer fatalities per capita than countries with elderly populations, such as Spain or Italy. But conditions in Africa are in other ways much more challenging than in Europe or Asia, particularly when it comes to healthcare. I know many who were financially affected, you know. So if we talk about uh, uh, is there anyone in my family, my friends, in my workspace who got sick, who got the virus? No. But uh, I know many people who got affected, you know, basically financially. It was hard for them because, you know, a lot of people down here in Africa, especially in, uh, in Uganda, live uh, on a day-to-day uh, basis. So it was hard for them to cope with the crisis because they must work every day to earn a living. And one thing that, in my opinion, was not handled seriously, I would say communication, you know. The information was circulated uh, with full of speculation, I would say. People need certainty, not speculation, you know, to make up their mind, to take decisions, to take steps. They need certainty. But because there's no certainty, people don't take it uh, too seriously or they take it in a different way. So here again, the issue of uh, perception comes into into the picture. For me, you know, I ask myself, can we investigate our crisis management policies and preparedness, you know, as far as our people affected, our communities affected with the coronavirus pandemic? This is just one type of crisis, but there are so many other types of crisis. But to remain very specific on this particular crisis, we ask ourselves the question, can we investigate, you know, our crisis management policies and preparedness? Maybe we should listen to experts because in crisis situation, whether we like it or not, expertise matters. Maybe we can do things differently once we have the information, you know, from experts, you know, then we can deal with the situation completely different. The coronavirus pandemic is one of the most difficult collective challenges facing humanity since the last world war. I would say that, of course, 
in Africa, we have more challenges on a regular basis, you know, with uh, Ebola and uh, malaria, internal political and ethnic conflicts. We are always in search of, you know, of peace, stability, you know, and other solutions before we think of development, you know. So in the midst of this kind of turmoil, national health authority around the world, big pharmaceutical companies, universities and research institutes, you know, they're all racing to find therapies to save lives and uh, contain the grave social and economic consequences of the pandemic. But uh, as an organization and experts uh, scramble to innovate therapies, they're also redefining innovation. So I hope a lasting solution will be found soon. You know, but the, the, the real impact, I would say, however bad, you know, the COVID pandemic is, it has somewhat forced us to reconsider who we really are and what we value. This crisis could help us rediscover the better version of ourselves. We now see life differently and appreciate little stuff that we did take for granted, you know? So we rediscover ourselves, we appreciate all that. Maybe we should elect leaders who pay attention to essentials. You know, maybe we should be prepared to make concessions between our freedom and the greater purpose of staying alive. In that way, we can protect ourselves and protect those around us. We do not have one answer that uh, responds to all the questions that, you know, we're asking ourselves. <laughs> we don't know. You know, there was the first <laughs> wave. Now there's the second wave. We don't know about the third wave. And we don't even know what will be the greater impact on the human genetics. We don't know. As the pandemic rips through the world, shattering national health systems and economies, a global response to help pick up the pieces has never been more essential. But international cooperation has sagged under the weight of the coronavirus. The United Nations, the World Health Organization and the G20 all unable to take the lead. Countries have closed themselves off, each locked into a contest to secure supplies of limited resources like face masks, protective clothing and medication. But how it is now is not how it has to be. The pandemic remains a chance for countries to come together and create opportunity from crisis. So, will they? How will the world look after all this? To me, the new normal is the deliberate mindset shift or a collective consciousness. It is simply the acceptance that life is dynamic and we need to adapt to our new lifestyle. It is unfortunate that humans usually resist to change. But we must admit, you know, as well, that crisis drive change, you know. So the new normal is the new mindset. The new normal is embracing the new realities that life throws at us and get along with it. Paris Talks podcast is produced by Michael Bahati. Our theme song is Nipe Story by Shahmar Mushaga. For more information about this episode of the podcast and our other projects, please visit paris-talks.com. Can you 